You're listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by RICO, your local guide for all things real estate investing in Colorado. Well, happy June, everyone. Chris Lopez here with the market updates. While it is June, we're going to be talking about the stats from May because we don't get the stats in real time till after the month is over. So I've got a great crew here today as usual, plus a new face. So we'll be talking about Southern Colorado trends, Denver trends, and Northern Colorado. So the new face for here is a fellow Castle agent, Mr. Steve Medina. Steve, Hi. how are you? Great, great. Some of you listeners out there recognize Steve. Uh, we did a webinar a couple months ago on some pretty advanced Roth IRA real estate investing strategies, which was phenomenal. Um, Steve's an agent. Steve's an investor himself um, and just loves data, loves figuring out strategies. And I was like, hey, Steve, come on the podcast and come share this, not just with me and a couple other people, but share it with the thousands of people that uh, want to know what's going on around town. So, Steve, we're glad to have you on here. Thank you. Appreciate it. So. And the other face from Northern Colorado is Mr. Newt, who's been in here, what, this is your third or fourth time, right? Uh, four or fourth. five. Now. Fourth or five yeah. time? Are we getting up yeah. there? All right. Well, always good to have you back. Um, I know you guys drove down together. You're already talking some shop on the way down here, talking about uh, what's going on. We got stats. We got steals. We got stories to talk about. It's going to be a fun show. Moving on down, Press Newberry down here in Denver. Preston, always good to have you. Always good to be here, Chris. Thanks yeah. again. And last but not least, Jenny Bayless, representing both Pueblo and Colorado Springs. What's up, Jenny? Hey, guys. Not much. How about you guys? Oh, excited to actually talk about uh, some data because, you know, as the market has shifted, there's different data. There's different opportunities. There's different things going on. So it'll be a fun one. And Jenny, let's start with you down south again, just from a high level. What's going on? What are some stats down there? Yeah, so I think the standout stats for down here, new listings went up month over month, still down year over year. Um, sales went up uh, about 14% month over month, which is in line with you know the, uh, the fact that it's spring selling season right now. It makes perfect seasonality sense. Um, and then another key point is that median sales price jumped 3.5% month over month. Um, which then brings the difference uh, year over year to only negative two and a half percent from May 2023 to 2022, which I thought was surprising. I know a, a few months back, we were kind of thinking that the median sales price was going to kind of stay level so that making that year over year gap much wider, but um, it, it didn't seem to play out that way. So I thought that was kind of the most standout stat um, and and looking to... The reports June of last year was, you know, the the kind of the peak in median home price. So we will see, you know, drum roll what the year over year for for June ends up being, and I think that will kind of be, you know, the story to tell for for this year. All right, you got any uh, predictions for how the next couple months will be based on just boots on the ground activity or? Who the I heck have no knows? idea. <laughs> <laughs> I've been wrong every single time I've tried to predict something. So. You eventually get something right if you keep predicting, right? Yeah. <laughs> Just keep throwing it at the dartboard, you know? Yeah. Um, but what's it like there? I know you and Leah, you're out there in the field, you're doing deals. Just what's the what's the sentiment on the ground? What's, you know, just there's the, there's the stats and then there's the boots on the ground. 
Yeah, it's been slow. Um, so I know you probably don't want to hear that, but yeah, it's just like a lot of um, investor sentiment has been rather negative. I don't know if it's just, you know, kind of the news, the news stories that we're hearing. Are we in a recession? Are we not? Are we, you know, out of it? Like what's happening? No one knows what's going on. And I think that since investing is in a way, you know, a discretionary action. I think people are just kind of like a little skittish on that um, is, is kind of the general feeling that we've been getting. Yeah. And is that for both like Pueblo and Springs? Are you not seeing any like major differences yeah. in the markets in terms of like stats or sentiment? Yeah. So for Colorado Springs, the, the, uh, the strategy is just super, super narrow for things that are actually working right now. Um, you can pretty much count out any sort of leveraged multifamily with a you know reasonable down payment amount. Room by room is a great strategy. House hacking is a great strategy in Colorado Springs. Those are pretty much the only things that um, with a levered return that that makes sense at the moment. Pueblo, I know we've been doing a lot of podcasts on on the Pueblo market. Still a great option for long term rentals. So if you are a traditional buy and hold rental, I definitely encourage looking down there if you're still looking to buy um, because it's still working. So I think that's, you know, um, pretty exciting that we still have a market in Colorado that works for long-term buy and hold with traditional down payment amounts. Yeah. Have you seen more, um, more people continue to like shift their focus down the public just based off of numbers and trends? Yep. Um, I would say that people that had their hearts set on Colorado Springs weren't super into Pueblo. They've kind of just pressed pause at this point. Um, people that are more open to, to market, um, are definitely starting to, uh, you know, shift, shift their mindset down to Pueblo. So. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, Steve, I know I, uh, so we were getting the, uh, about the record on here and then Steve started asking Jenny a question and I promptly interrupted you like three words. And I said, stop, stop, stop. Save it for the podcast. It was a really good question. Um, so now you get a chance to ask the question. It's like, not only do the three of us, where we got five of us want to hear it, there's a few hundred other people want to hear it as well. Yeah. So, so now you have permission to ask your question, Steve. There you go. So <laughs> we're seeing a lot of deep discounting on some builders that are trying to move some inventory. And I was wondering if you were seeing any of that down in the Springs or Pueblo. So kind of my um, my tell on that is how many, like, brunches and, you know, afternoon <laughs> teas I'm invited to from the builders and that has been declining. Um, <laughs> so, you know, uh, you know, just in terms of that, that has not been as prevalent as, as it has like, you know, six months ago or so. Um, but just in terms of like what I'm seeing, you know, twenty thirty thousand $30,000 discount from new builds. Uh, you know, I don't know if that's, if that's a deal or not for people, but, um, you know, they are trying to get some of their, their lagging inventory off the books, but, um, nothing compared to what it was like, like say last fall. What was it like last fall for the, for context? Oh, it was, uh, every day, just inbox full of builders, you know, just trying to reach out to every single agent that they can get their hands on. Um, you know, please end of your inventory, like take this off our hands, that sort of thing. So. Okay. So what are you yeah. seeing up north then, Steve, in terms of like 
the new build to like talk about that a little bit more. Yeah, we've got so much space up north. Um, and so you're seeing kind of the populations grow. And so they're trying to build out ahead of it, but they can't get rid of all of it. And so we're seeing there's some in some different parts where you can see up to $80,000. There's one I, I just happened to find and it's like $78,000 that they're trying to move like the last units. And those are usually good for rentals because it may not be a place where you want to live, but it's great for somebody that's looking for a place to live. And so if you can get that good discount right now, mm -hmm. get into it, refinance it in a couple of years. If it's not, then you know, you're know you kind of starting out ahead of the game. What's the the price point on that approximately for uh, 78,000? I mean, that's huge. It was close to four... 430, I think, right? Let me see it right here. Oh, okay. So it was 495. It's going for 417. It's a uh, three bed, two and a half bath, 1850 square feet, reduced by 78,000. Wow, I mean, that's, that's what twenty price reduction ish <laughs> yeah. price reduction, right? If I'm doing my mental math right, and there's some others in some of those markets, uh, you know, down thirty three, down sixty two. So, you know, for investors, those are great because you know what. When you get into sometimes in a neighborhood, it, if the, you know, people don't want one where the cars drive down the street and the lights, you know, it happens to be at the end of the street where they turn. You don't want that to live in. But when you turn it over to be a rental, it's less. So if you can get a deal on it, you know, that's still a great place to be. And I mean, uh, I don't know the stats, but I, I, you know, Northern Colorado, you guys just has, it feels like so much more new builds up there than other parts. And I know that's always like a, I'd say a much more common investing strategy up there is, hey, go, go buy in the new subdivision new build because that is where inventory is. Prices and rents have been pretty decent up there for it. Um, I think you even bought some yourself doing yep. some nomads and rentals, right? Yeah. 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 That's, it's, it's funny because you, you, you can, because we're so close in the market and out there, you can actually see, and you know, there was one we bought last year and we um, house hacked for, with our, through our son. And, and when I did the analysis, um, I budgeted about 2,600, 2,650 a month for rent. We were able to go to 2,895. So $250 more a month because it's in this very sought after community that has this amazing pool it's got farm to table it's got you can walk out your door and pick cherries so everybody is trying to get into that place so mm -hmm. it was snapped up and then we've got another one in Greeley we're actually turnover and it's it takes a little bit longer but so these sought after neighborhoods if they've got a good deal going you know get in and it's you know one of those that it kind of like start paying dividends right away and you know with some of the house hack at five percent down you may have to ride a year or two because we have PMI on it and things oh, like yeah. that. But, mm -hmm. but it'll be it'll be on the good side in in a couple, in years, a couple not, years. What did yeah. you pay for it? Four ninety two. Four ninety two. Four nine four bed three bath. Okay. You know three car garage. You know so. Yeah, sounds like a perfect rental. Perfect. Wow. Yeah. So so that's where you know depend upon the neighborhoods. That's where Newt and I get to spend our time is kind of figuring out which ones have you know more pull than the others, and that's where we're really seeing because. If you guys haven't driven up the 25 corridor, go up and you'll see that construction. That construction puts people off, but it's setting up something coming in the future. If you haven't it's seen- it's pretty much nonstop. I mean, by the time you yeah. get out of, you know- It's a megalopolis Portland. all the way yep. up. You know, we've got a Bucky's coming. For those of <laughs> yep. you guys don't know Bucky's, it's like that. It's it's an amusement park. It's like know, an amusement park plus Costco plus gas station. Yeah. Yeah. We just drove by it today and it's 
it's already the walls are out. I mean, the place is going up super fast. I'm so intrigued to see this place once it's up and right after hearing we're, about like we're taking a field trip. Googling, Chris. yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it, they're, they're crazy. We went and saw one in uh, January down in Texas because we were looking at some uh, investments down there. It's going to be 74,000 square feet, 116 fuel pumps. It's just crazy. So it'll be open 2024. So all of those businesses are doing amazing amounts of data research because they're not putting that in just for grins. Oh yeah, they're not. No. They're no dummies. Yeah. So you know the ones like the people that do the um, short-term rentals and they want to be less than 10 minutes walking from a Starbucks. You look along that whole corridor and it's nothing but big businesses. And the way um, I think some of the population growth is coming. And this is why I love numbers, so I won't wear you out with them. But basically, last year, Weld County added, it was the fastest growing county in Colorado between July 21 and July 2022. It was 36% of the overall state's growth. Wait. Wow. Weld County was? Weld County. That's wow. And then when you add when you add Larimer County, so just July 21 to July 2022, when you add Larimer, that's 50% of the entire state's growth in that one year is in our two counties. No kidding, really. Yep. That's not Boulder. That's not so. That's Johnstown, Windsor, Greeley. I didn't know it was growing that quickly up there. It's, like, I knew it was growing, it's, but. It's going like crazy. Up, you, I mean, I didn't realize those were the numbers, but definitely just driving up there, you you see that, yeah. I mean, there's so much expansion and so much growth up there. So they're busting out. Um, there's a new uh, billion dollar development that's on the books right now. And they're, they're still working it through. The McWinnies are putting it in at South Santerra. They're putting a billion dollars of retail, multifamily, townhomes. So people will be able to go in there and buy in there and it's right off of 34. So mm -hmm. it's like perfect access to get up and down the corridor. And, and, you know, the prices are in reasonable amounts. And so the way that population growth going to go is, is not projected to stop either so they're you know so what you're saying is the big money still betting on it yep huh? yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that i mean if i could only pick like one trend to like invest on it would be just population growth is a population growing or shrinking right. because if a population is growing that kind of dictates my mind so much yeah. of the stuff i mean jobs are going there or jobs are bringing the population what sure it works but man population is growing just ride the ride the trend yeah yeah, it's it's pretty impressive. I mean, everywhere you go, there's construction, so you just get used to it. Whether it's, you know, uh, up and down Johnstown, just had a new. I think the Revere's putting in 1,500 new homes. You got Barefoot Lakes. You got a bunch of those that are just. That's Firestone, yeah. Yeah, Firestone, it's so growing like crazy. Yeah. Uh, right. Newt, you have a hard act to follow up with those type of stats, man. That's why I brought Steve. He's, he's the <laughs> stats guy. So you're the you're, you're the smart one. You, you brought the right who, right? That's right. I, I, now I know why he didn't let me drive alone. <laughs> <laughs> if I got lost, I might not be able to get it. Yeah. Right. yeah, I mean, Steve, he's he's. I love hanging out with Steve because I always learn something. Yeah, he's, he's always studying the trends as far as what's going on around our area, and I mean, he's got tons of tons of content to be able to help with. Be, you know, figuring out what's going to happen when we're growing, even out uh, further east of where we don't necessarily mm -hmm. tend to do things. I mean, everything tends to be growing up north for whatever reason. We're we're the popular kids now, so the prices are yeah. going to start reflecting that, and it, it's a good time to get in. No. What are you feeling? Because I know you're you're very active. You know, putting deals together up there, working with clients. You're also the managing broker for your cast up there and, and, you know, lead the agents up there. So you really have your finger on the pulse for like your own clients, plus helping the other agents up there. 
Like, what's the sentiment? What's the vibe up there right now? Like the boots on the ground. Great question. So I would say that for owner occupancies in the, you know, I think we've actually discussed this between that six and nine hundred thousand dollar range. Those are slower on market to to move just because it's not a great time to with interest rates to want to go ahead and upgrade your house, right? But I just got into a bidding war on a not me personally, but I represented a client that put in an offer competing uh, for a duplex in Fort Collins that you actually saw on the MLS as well, and it got eaten up uh, right away. And, and over asking. Sadly, we did not get it. But yeah. What were the basic numbers on there? So you said duplex and four columns. Duplex and four okay. columns. It was uh the list price was five thirty-five. Uh the rents are under rented. It's one side was thirteen fifty and one was fifteen fifty. Mm-hmm. So I mean it's uh my particular client wanted to make it a uh nomad type of thing. You know, she wanted to house hack it and get in there and Live on one side, have the rent other the part. other out, yeah. yeah. Rent the other side out so that it was able to help her with the mortgage anyway. And uh, we didn't get into that one, but mm. there's more. I'm seeing more multifamily types of properties that are like buy and hold types of properties for uh, investors that are coming on the market. Some make sense in the numbers. I like. I saw one in Loveland that yesterday that just it's under rented. It's not a great area. Probably won't be. A huge investment unless you bought it for cash you could use it for cash flow but i i I'll constantly bring up Greeley because it's a college town yeah. i'm starting to see more Greeley multi-family type properties multi-family they're more uh college kid rentals but you know uh there's there's more of those coming on the market and i'm seeing that the prices points are are making sense still and you can have a positive cash flow hmm. I just think it's fascinating because I think what happens is, is, you know, we're all in this environment now where we've got interest rates that are high. Here, is this, let's pull up this graph here. Yeah. This is this actually, so we'll put this in the show notes, but this is a PowerPoint slide that uh, Steve put together here. And and this is where I think as as investors, strategic investors, you know, that the people that are starting to get it are starting to see that, um, you know, Wayne Gretzky has this saying, it says, you know, um, good hockey players go to the puck. Great hockey players go where the puck's going to be, and and to me, this is a perfect example of that. So right now, you're seeing that higher interest rates are pushing down people's buying power. Yeah, and people mm-hmm. are selling now because they have a reason. They 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 have something that they either have to move or you know somebody's you know some reason that they have to sell because they choose not to because the buying power isn't high, so they can't get quite the dollar they want. But for buyers, this is a perfect time. This is what we're going to try and do two more. I've got two sons that we're going to get into two different places and do house hacks with both of them. Because what I can do is I can get into a house for less. I can negotiate. I don't have to compete with others. And that other side of it is, so I get in as much as we can afford and then get roommates to cover it. Mm-hmm. Then on the other side, I can refinance it. And so when those interest rates start to lessen, so when we get through this and you go from seven to six to five, and, and, and who knows where that'll be, that buying power from, I'm call it a $500,000 house with $400,000 in in a loan, well, your buying power goes up by about $45,000. So when those rates come down, everybody starts running to the market and you can buy more, you're going to be competing with other people that are doing the exact same thing. All this pent up demand I don't want to compete with them. I want to have one. We've in the been hopper. there. We've seen what that looks like, right? So, we, we know how that world is. So <laughs> if I can get something for five ten, 
for them, they get roommates when this pressure relieves because that's what the Fed's doing, right? They're trying, 32% of the CPI is housing. Is housing. It's yeah. Yeah. So that's what they're trying to knock down because energy's down. All those are down. But then when that pops back up, that's going to push people to be able to say, I got to get off the fence. The interest rates are getting better. Let's go compete. We're going to compete with everybody. Right now, you don't compete. You might actually be able to get some better concessions and some of that. And so that's that's where my head's at as an investor is I'm going in and saying, let's buy now yep, and then get a good deal. And then we'll refinance when it comes down. Because a lot of these, there's some lenders out there that within 12 months, they'll refinance and they won't charge Free of charge. It. Yep. Yeah, I think a lot of lenders are doing that now. Yeah. I mean, for, for obvious reasons, they yeah. want to, yep. you know, Get, help people buy a home and obviously capture their business on there. But yeah, if you're out there buying property, make sure you talk with the lender about that and, you know, ask for a, a free refinance coupon or, you yeah. know, whatever way to put it, because that is hopefully what happens. And, you know, if interest rates don't go down, well, then you're still in a good spot. You're still in a good spot. Exactly. Well, uh, yeah. And so we're still seeing investors buy. So I, 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 you know, Newton and I were talking about, we pulled some data that says, you know what, we're, we're not at the level we were at before. And mm-hmm. multifamilies, you know, the small multifamilies aren't doing quite as much, but there was 175 between the two counties um, that were still buying um, their absentee. So it could be a second home, but basically it's investors. And so we're seeing um, condos be a bigger deal in Larimer last month, you know, that was like, um, you know, do you not think quite that has high. to do with just price point? A little bit of price point, yep. I think, you know. So it's some of those, where, you can, where can you get in and get access? And so, but people are still doing it. So if you look at it, it's off trend, but the smart and savvy investors are still doing it. It's not like it just stopped for everybody. But what happens is, is people get stuck in this mindset that says, oh my God, the interest rates are high. I'll wait for them to come down. They don't realize what will happen with that. Well, that's also where the opportunity is, right? You got to do something different than what everyone else is doing. And if everyone's sitting on the sidelines and there's opportunity or future opportunity, then, you know, be ready for that. Well, an interesting thing that uh, I was talking about earlier today um, is uh, I saw a map of just talking about like global real estate prices and the impact of inflation this last Mm -hmm. year. And something I had not really thought about was, hey, what's the real impact of inflation on, you know, the value of assets? And I mean... Yes, we've seen prices decline, go flat. But if you actually take into account, you know, inflation of what eight percent or so over last year, mm-hmm. well, that impacts. You know, that has a uh, that lowers the price of the value or the price of the home as well. And essentially, like that is another way of saying, hey, we're probably at one of the lowest price points right now that you will be, because yeah, none of the data. Again, there might be some black swan event, yep. but you can never predict those. Nope. Yep. But like none of the data, when you look at like, you know, just even level of homes, like there's still not enough new builds coming online. The yep. population growth is happening. Uh, all the stuff going on, like there's still just much more demand than supply. Yep. Um, and now you, hey, we've seen prices flat. We've seen inflation last year go up. Like this is probably going to be one of the best times, relatively speaking. And again, take it with a grain of salt because we're using relatively speaking for you know crazy appreciation the last decade. This is going to be one of those lowest price points, or one of the best opportunities for a lower price point. Well, and, and that's that's where I think it's people get hung up on that. So last year when we bought this one with our son, um, you know, it was February. We locked in a rate of four point three seven five for him, and I was like, oh my god, I hope it doesn't go up to that. And now you're looking at it going, thank God we found yeah. it. Right? Now we're, we're not at six and, six and a quarter or That's six right. and a half. Right? So <laughs> the same thing will happen. Once once this starts to moderate and that interest rate goes down, that, that 510 is going to be worth 
600 because everybody's going to have higher buying power. They're going to compete. Mm-hmm. But I think that's where the savvy investors start to see. I can start to see that future, not necessarily just see today because people see today are on the fence. Yeah. And people that see tomorrow are the ones that are still buying. So we had 175 of those and that's not owner occupied. So, you know, we're still seeing a lot of those happen. It's off trend, but we're still seeing. So the savvy investors are still doing what they've always been doing. Yeah. For long-term wealth building, still a lot of opportunity out there. If you're trying to get rich in a year or so or get amazing cash for the day. Yeah. yeah not uh, not going to happen. Uh, but yeah. for long-term strategic stuff, it still makes a lot of sense. And, and the trends are still, you know. Yeah. In, in their favor. In our favor, right? yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what are some stats in uh, Denver here, Preston? Uh, yeah, so things are kind of status quo at the moment. Um, you know, prices are, you know, pretty much around flat from what we've seen uh, over the last couple months. So not a big change there, which I think kind of echoes what we're seeing up in northern Colorado as well. It was good to hear things are a little bit better in Colorado Springs right now. Um, the interesting thing for me is just, you know, days on market going up and then new versus active listings, right? And I think the correlation for me there is we have up 43% of active listings from where we were a year ago in May of 2022. But current new listings, actually new listings coming on the market is down about 24%, right? So for me, that just says, hey, there's some stuff that's hanging out there on the market a lot longer than what we're seeing. And that's actually up like almost 144% from last year. So, you know, there's things that are moving quickly and, you know, houses that are priced right and, and, you know, places people want to be. And I know we've talked about that are moving quickly, but I think there's a lot of opportunity from stuff that's been sitting on the market that, you know, for whatever reason, wasn't priced right, you know, didn't get marketed correctly or whatever the case may be. So I think there's definitely, to me, that's a telling number for some opportunity for stuff that's, you know, hanging out on the market. Well, and and just to kind of add to that, I I went in, was doing a little bit of work and seeing um, things that were on the market for at least 30 days that were still active. Mm-hmm. And and the flippers are taking taking a little bit of challenge too, because they, you know, get one flip it. And so, you yep. know, there's opportunities out there. It's just being, you know, careful and considerate and and focused and intentional and in finding it because you'll find those out there. It's just waiting for the right one. You got you gotta be ready. patient. And I tell yeah. a lot of all my clients that right now, like, you know, don't don't be in a hurry. We want to make something happen, but be patient. Let's find the right deal. Yep. We have that opportunity right now, but also when that deal comes up, you gotta be ready to move and we gotta go quick, you know? Yeah. So let's, you know, just be opportunistic and, and be patient. Yeah. And so to come back and talk about you talked about the uh, new listings are down, uh, but total active listings or total inventory is up quite a bit from year over year. So, which means we only still have 5,200 active listings. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, historically about $15,000 would be the historical average, which would be right around a balanced market. So, you know, here that 43% up, um, we are still very much in the, uh, in the seller's market due to like, you know, at least low inventory on there. So while it's a, a big percent increase, it's still relatively low, historically speaking. Sure. And I mean, I think it's how it is often down the front range too, as far as like mm-hmm. just what's going on. Yeah. And I think we're seeing a lot more activity with sellers, you know, even when their house is on the market for the weekend and they've got plenty of offers, they're still negotiating going on. Right. And I think one of the other interesting stats to me was that 60% of sellers had to offer a concession to get their deal done. And that might not have happened right away when it went under contract, but as you go through the transaction or whatever the case may be, and I'm guessing, you know, based on what we're seeing that a lot of that probably has to do with rate buy downs and, you know, getting them into a spot where the payment makes sense and where the numbers make sense. And it's kind of what my thought is. Yeah. Well, and there's a lot of first time buyers that are, you know, challenged to get into their homes. And so you're seeing a lot of this build to rent that's going like mm-hmm. build to rent now is going faster than build to own. 
I mean, the the nightly news two days ago had basically, I think John Burns Real Estate said there's 708 developments coming across the country that are billed to rent. And so if that doesn't tell you, and then Blackstone just, you know, funded a $30 billion real estate investment. So, so the big boys are saying this is going to be okay. And it's going to be a thing for a while. And it's going to be a yep. thing for a while because there's so many people that are going to be waiting to get into these and there's going to be so much demand. That's why I think, you know, it's, it's good to get in now because those guys aren't playing, you know, they aren't onesie twosie in it. They're going in big. No, not, they're not playing little league baseball. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So for uh, down south, Jenny, and up north, guys, are you guys seeing any, like, more investors uh, just starting to list and sell their properties to to move their capital? I ask that because I, I've definitely seen more people in, in Denver Metro do it. I think it's a combination of, you know, part of it's the rental application, um, real rental license process, uh, especially for Denver County, too, you know, more and more. And then... Uh, down there, and then also just some investors saying, hey, I've gotten some great appreciation. They're mm-hmm. kind of entering a different phase of their life and, and starting to unload some properties. I mean, we've seen an uptick in investors selling properties. Um, and again, that's partly just some laws and also where they are at in their careers and life as well. Are you guys seeing upticks in, start, in investors unloading some of their properties to, to move it elsewhere? Yeah. Go ahead. I, well, I, I I haven't seen that, but anecdotally, what what people um, are doing is uh, Larimer County's a little bit more kind of following a little bit of Denver lead and some of that, and so they're starting to put more regulations on short term rentals and some of that. So it, it's it's good, but you have to be smart about it and make sure you manage it. Weld County is a much different story. So during you know they're they're butt up against each other, mm-hmm. adjacent. But Weld County is much more open and the way they do things. So it's a lot more open. So I think, you know, there's a lot more opportunity to do various things unless you have HOAs. So the HOA that I live in doesn't allow anything under six months. Um, okay. And so you can't do a short-term rental. You can't even, well, you might be able to sneak in a medium-term rental. Larimer's doing some of that. So I haven't seen any broad scale, you know, um, selling of, of those and anybody I talked to in that. So Yeah, yeah. and as far as... You know, my my experience would be anecdotal too because I don't have any stats for that. But yeah. as far as uh, who's selling, but I I'm, I am seeing more of an uptick. It, it, it seems to me in as far as uh, certain investment properties, it seems like are maybe people are just cashing out. They're like you said, they're that time in their life, and they're just trying to cash out and go on a cruise or whatever. <laughs> well, I mean, what, what it might be is, um, cause when I, when I pulled some of that data on title, um, if, if we're not seeing absentee owners, which it could be a, different from a house hack and the duplexes and triplexes are down, that means that somebody's not able to buy them or they're not being sold. So those are down. So I think, um, you know, that's, uh, one of those. So I think last month there were a l- four, in Larimer, duplex, triplex that were sold. And in Weld, there were seven. So people aren't really selling them because they're not buying them. So, you know, it's that, you know, you've got have somebody on each side of the transaction. So there's not a lot of them. But I yeah. think I see a lot more. Uh, yeah, I was specifically thinking a lot of like single family homes. Yeah. A lot of investors say a lot. Some investors are starting to list and sell some of those. And of course, you know, sure. the play for that right now, say if you're going to sell a single family home, high, high likelihood it's going to be sold to a owner occupant, mm-hmm. um, which is a very different story than an investor than looking an investor. to buy, uh, yeah. you know, right, hey, right. buy good cash flow multi or anything. Yeah. yeah. What about deals, Preston? Well, let's talk about uh, 
your house, Chris. Oh, I know we've yeah. been chatting <laughs> a little bit about, about that. And we've had uh, had some walkthroughs over there. And, uh, you know, obviously things are kind of moving forward. We've had some really good interest. But I think that's a really unique opportunity and something I wanted yeah. to chat about because uh, <clears throat> there are some very uh, loose or should I say less restrictive rules uh, being that it's an unincorporated Adams County, um, that allow for some opportunity for short-term, medium-term, or, you know, long-term rental, like you had it as well. Um, and, you know, I think that that's just kind of one of those things, much like Weld County versus, you know, other counties up in, in Northern Colorado that presents some opportunity for somebody. So, you know, looking at that, you know, we've kind of gone through and we're in the process of figuring out if it's going to be better to do, uh, you know, fix up the property, sell it as is, whatever the case may be. I think the numbers work all around. So, you know, that's kind of one of the deals I wanted to talk up and bring up. And uh, if anybody has any questions, reach out and let me know. Yeah. And I mean, going back here is I'm, you know, I'm, I'm selling my rentals and, you know, a couple of years ago was not, I was not planning on selling it. And, uh, but just the, you know, one thing I've learned about ADUs and, you know, because ADUs, they're sexy. A lot of people want them and they are great investments because you have, you know, you can get you know, more rental income for, you know, less value of the purchase. Mm -hmm. uh, the issue that for a lot of the ADUs are is, hey, if they were built 20, 30, 40 years ago, they bring some uniqueness to the property. Um, and while I've handled a lot of some unique stuff on there, it's still a unique property. And I'm very much a hands-off landlord. And that's something that I'm, you know, realizing more and more about myself as I'm, the more hands-off I am, the the better it fits for me. And that's partly I've been, you know, got a young family now and I've, I'm spending a lot more time on some business activities versus, mm -hmm. you know, investing activities per se, um, to where it just needs someone that can handle uniqueness and actually go in there and give it more attention. Where for me, it's very much like a secondary thought, which isn't good for the property. It's not good for the tenants there. And it's also not just not putting an asset to its highest and best use, which is one of the things that like, kind of grates me as a yep. person in general. It's like, oh, that's an underutilized asset. Um, I don't like that. And so, yeah, it, it cash flows as a long-term rental, medium-term rental. And since it is unincorporated atoms, there is opportunity up there to do a short-term rental as well. Yep. Um, and now, you know, the ADU is completely renovated and rehabbed. It looks great. Um, you know, and as I mentioned, we're looking to go in and doing yeah. some stuff in the main house too, but um, yeah, there's just a lot of opportunity there. And yeah. I think there's, you know, and aside from me uh, selling in all the obviously I want to sell it. Um, but also we're doing extensive documentation on there as well. Preston mentioned we did a property walk. We have a video that we just posted, I think, last week to YouTube. Uh, great thing that Jules and team put together. We're going to do a, a couple more property walks as well because we are going to fix up the front house to, to sell, uh, you know, in, in four weeks or six weeks when we go to the market with it. Um, so it's a great way to like, hey, watch the process of like, hey, um, this property went vacant and anytime a property goes vacant, you come back and revisit it. Hey, what's the best use of this? Cause anytime you refinance it or release it, you are essentially repurchasing it again. So it's a great time to come reevaluate it. And then you want to look at all different options on there. So trying to do a really good job to document it. So people understand what opportunities there are out there, but also as you have rental properties, Hey, what are the options you have? And what do you do to go out there with it? So if you guys have any, just not even buying it, just like interest and in like, hey, how do you evaluate this? What do you do here? Please, please plug in. Like, I want to be very, uh, you know, educational very about it. Educational and open yeah. process, right? I like, mean, that's just my personality. And that's also yeah. the way that like, you know, the, it also helps drive a lot of business and clients and deals. And like you provide value to people that way. So, mm -hmm. you know, aside from me actually selling it as an investor to the market out there, 
you know, investors, other agents come learn from it, come check it out and kind of come see the process because there's so many moving parts on there. And looking at how to sell investment property, it is very, very different than just selling a traditional owner-occupant property because there's a lot more moving parts on there. Not good or not bad. It's just different. And that's something a lot of people don't realize. Mm-hmm. Whether they're an agent or they're an investor, they don't realize this. And they're oftentimes like leaving money on the table. So yeah. Chris, I have a question. Are you planning on doing a 1031 exchange for this property? Just kind of cashing out on it? Or, you know, what are your future plans for the capital um, to redeploy it? So I'll probably uh, cash out on there. So I bought this uh, actually about two years ago next month um, for I think 470 or 475. Uh, I did a 15% down loan on there just to go like max leverage, like a 15% down 30 year fixed. Uh, I mean, after we fixed up, sell it, um, I can probably about double my money in terms of like down payment, just like pure on there. So if you look at that from like a two year time frame, if I can double my money in two years, that's a really good return. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I'll let you know in six weeks if I actually can do that or not. But I think realistically, it looks like we can do that. So it kind of gives me, you know, a good return on there. I did check with my accountant as far as like what. Uh, my capital gains and depreciation capture would be. And if I double my money based on that, I think I would owe right around about $15,000 between capital gains and depreciation recapture. So not a huge tax bill to write off. Um, so, you know, I look at that. Okay, that doesn't phase me. You have to pay some you know money on there. Part of the reason I'm not doing 1031 is because I don't have a, I don't have a huge amount of equity to go roll into something. Parvet 2 goes along with what I was saying a few minutes ago about me being a little bit more hands-off. Um, my taxes are not done so far this year, and they will probably <laughs> be done a couple days for the end. Yep. And, you know, with how real estate's been, my tax returns last year don't look great on paper, so I don't want to go through all the extra underwriting to go through to get a loan. So part of that is just, like, kind of me being lazy and a headache. I'm like, well, I can do this, all this extra work to not get, like, an amazing loan right now. And, again, that's just more just to make I don't want to deal with it. So plan is to sell it, uh, and I will probably roll over a good chunk of it into uh, like an NDF6 with Ironton to get some depreciation on there. And some of that depreciation can offset the capital gains, depreciation capture. I think I'll still have a few bucks on there, but I can, uh, you know, not it's not a real 1031, but I'll, I'll get the gains on there. I'll get some extra depreciation over here. So kind of like left pocket, right pocket type yeah. thing. So I'm going through the exercise because um, I just want to do that and kind of go hands off on there. And I don't want to deal with a 1031 right now because I'm trying to simplify a few things in my life. Uh, and that- uh, and not complicate them. Yeah, <laughs> I've already with with the young family and the business stuff, which I, I love doing that stuff. And I really am realizing, hey, I really like more of the turnkey products or more about partnering with people and going with like people that are really great at operating properties because I am not a great yeah. operator. I'm great at finding deals and connecting people, but actually comes like operating yeah. and rehabbing. Hey, you're better, you're better. Most people are better at than me. So I'm really just kind of leaning more into like, as I, you know, my next phase of my life and just also trying to simplify some things. I'm actually glad you brought up that you are not doing the 1031 exchange because that a lot of times people get scared into wanting to sell an investment property because they're going to get smoked in taxes. But that's not always the case. And uh, they need, of course, talk to their tax accountant or their CPA or, you know, their advisor. But 
you know, it, there may be the benefit of getting unloading a property that doesn't make sense for them anymore in that capacity. So I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, this is the first time I've ever actually done it myself because I've always been like, you know, my mindset's always been, hey, if I once I have a property, it's 1031 uh, and swap until I drop, meaning 1031, 1031 until I die, um, until I drop, and then you know. Whoever it's somebody gets else's it. problem. Yeah, right? they 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 get the step <laughs> get the that step faces. Up. Yeah. Um, but then as I say, anytime you go sell anything, you even in the normal, you always go talk to your accountant, say, hey, what's the downside? And if I can make about, you know, I put about eighty thousand dollars between down payment and some closing costs into here. Uh cash has been about break even between a lower down payment and just some extra like expenses throughout the year. So all that's been about break even the last couple of years, maybe a couple of bucks ahead on the cash flow. But if I can get, you know, my principal back, $80,000 in change back and pay ten dollars to $15,000 in taxes and have that money to go do what I want with it, I'm very happy with that right now. Yeah. Now, yeah. if it was a much larger tax bill, I'd be saying something else. But, you know, $10,000, why never want to write it? It's not a it's not a huge deal. Not worth the headache. Yeah. 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 No. Well, and I, I helped a client recently that did the same thing that you're talking about. And he was a small business owner, so he actually had, uh, the you know, it offset with the losses on the business that he was able to offset the tax bill that he was going to hit with that sale. So, yeah. And that's the other thing is like, I've got losses from last year and just like, you know, income being down as a, as a real estate professional and, you know, yeah. depreciation from other properties as mm -hmm. well. Like mm -hmm. I, you know, on, on paper, I'm, you know, you know, the tax returns, there's a lot of negative numbers on there. A lot of it being phantom depreciation, someone just being the reality of, you know, we're very income, you know, we're very commission driven commission, on you. That's yeah. lower as well. So I'm like, great. I can, Take some money off of here. Um, probably not pay any taxes directly on there this year, and I'm a happy camper. Yeah, uh, but yeah, yeah I had a few other small mental space. <laughs> oh yeah, that's the, yeah, that's the thing too. That is something that like I did not value until I actually started having a family. Was like how much weird stuff I already stress about with you know kids and all that. Um, and then I was like, yeah, every ounce of mental space I can I can bring up um free up i'm i'm very happy with that right now yeah yeah Good yeah for you. yeah I, I think there's definitely a, a very underlooked value to that right now yeah so does that mean you're selling a property jenny no but the thought has crossed my mind i my so i'm cash flowing on in my bank account on these things but in my head oh my gosh i'm like in a huge deficit like i've just had problem after problem after problem with my properties this year so uh yeah, the thought the thought has crossed my mind. It would be kind of tempting to cash out on some of these things, but uh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna toe the line still. So, <laughs> yeah, I think that's something good to like. You know, part of the reason I'm bringing this up is I think you know it helps other people realize, uh, hey, the market condition has changed. The appreciation party is over, um, and you know I bought this as a highly leveraged property, so cash flow was not the main run for this property. It was just, hey, it's going to cash flow in the long run. And since it's a property in the ADU, it has extra cash flow than, you know, a similarly priced property. But I kind of already like, I got my pop on there from appreciation. Um, it's a really good property, but it's ha it has that uniqueness. So for me, that's kind of like the headache property in my portfolio. And that's more of a me, not the property issue on there. And I think it's a good time for people to evaluate, hey, if there's a property for whatever reason, because um, it truly is a dog in your prop in your portfolio, or it's just a headache or, you know, bad juju or whatever it is, 
or you've got some, you know, a bunch of losses from something else, it's a good time to, you know, look at that or use a phrase like call the herd. Yeah. Um, I think it's always a great thing to look at. Well, and, you know, one of the things I came into investing and it was kind of like luck and a little bit intentional is I had had been studying about like the different levels and price points of renters. And so when they said like the highest, they were the most high maintenance because they were paying on really big properties. They were the most challenging because they were the most demanding. But if you get in the second two quartiles, so if you're at the lowest, you know, it's going to be to me, you know, what my you know, research was, it's going to be the most challenging of tenants. You know, they want to go month to month. They don't make payments. You, you have them damaging stuff. That second quartile, you know, when you're going up, you know, it's kind of right there too. So I've got one that's kind of like in that lower second quartile and, and I seem to have problems with it. I've, you know, but the ones that are a little bit higher, they're good renters that have good incomes and they're protecting their credit and their going to Mm -hmm. treat it better. And so I've had more success in those. So now I'm trying to kind of focus down a little bit more to get those kind of places. And I like some of the new builds because I know that my maintenance, you know, the first year is warranty stuff from the builder. Mm -hmm. So I get all the bugs worked out in the first year. And then I should have a handful of years that won't need a new water heater, won't need a new roof. It should be zero CapEx, knock on wood. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, a garage could fall, a door could fall off or, you know, something like that. Things can go wrong, but I, that's where I'm kind of like yeah. continuing because if I go and I'm, you know, at the, the C class and D class, I'm going to have more challenges. And I don't know, you know, Jenny, do you have a, a ballpark for the kind of the ones that are giving you the most headaches? Are they, are, are they A class, <laughs> B class, C class, or are you just all over the board? So I have to say none of my tenants have been giving me headaches. They have all been weird situations that have been happening to every single one of my properties. And, you know, the six, seven years that I've been investing, I've, I have not had such a, uh, influx of like weird things happening all at the same time. Like people breaking into, you know, vacant units and stealing copper pipes, uh, you know, leaking from one unit down to another across pretty much all of my adjacent, um, you know, fourplex units, uh, two sets of floods, you know, one was a burst pipe, one was the rain that we had. I mean, it's just been like thing after thing. Is it the age of them? Because I I was talking with another. I think it's just bad luck. I think it's finally catching up with me. I I think it's all, it all comes with law of averages, right? Like eventually in the long run, like it it all runs out and, you know, you go years all of a sudden, like, you know, what, uh, bad luck happens in threes or there's something like that, I believe. And that's just how it happens sometimes. Yeah, because Chris, I mean, we always talk about when when things are going to happen, not if. And this happens to be the when. And yeah. when it all it's happens at the same the time, it's like, good God. <laughs> yeah. And in the universe so. just says, we're making it happen when you have young kids at home with you as well. Right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yep. Yep. If, if it helps, we were talking with another realtor partner of ours yesterday, and she was telling us about how her... What was it? A, a rental that, you know, had a SWAT um, team come in and like knocked out every window. And, you know, th- that that's that that's that. Wow. Swan. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's like, you know, what do you do if there's, you know, some of those things that happen? And that's why I that's why I'm trying to pick up where we go. So, so if not- the SWAT does that. <laughs> is the homeowner who's responsible for the damages? We're there? gonna find out. That's that's literally it. Just <laughs> happened like a couple of days ago. I've never so thought about that. that pro- I, uh, who thinks that you need insurance on that? 
<laughs> Man, <laughs> my understanding. You know, I looked through my insurance. Yeah. That's your problem, but yeah. we'll see. Well, that's, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. That's you know. So, so that's reason number two hundred and thirty-three that I try and get a little bit yeah. better property, and and then the yeah. people that are in them aren't going to be doing that kind of stuff. That's going to get the SWAT team. Yeah. It wasn't an errant call. It was probably an appropriate call, mm. but you know. Now, as we're talking about this stuff, I mean, we just spent five minutes, ten minutes talking about some, you know, when stuff that happens, and we always want to be very transparent and get people prepared to say, you know, to be ready for it and also be financially prepared for mm-hmm. contingent contingencies. Yeah. But realize too, this is why real estate gives you much better returns than many other uh, you know, investments out there. While we all continue to invest in real estate while we're kind of like griping about it, yeah. we're still buying more and more real estate. Why? <laughs> because the reward is still much better than the pain. So I just want to put that in a context on there as well. Uh, but there is, you know, this is also reality. Like there's the the great, the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, and in real estate, we deal with that and we should make more money in the stock market and we should make yep. money than most other, a lot of other asset classes because we deal with this stuff, but mm-hmm. be prepared for it emotionally and financially. But I think that that's where I, I, I think, you know, the appreciation right now is a pause. It's not, it's not done forever. Right. And then, but getting into some of the right places and getting the right renters and having the right partners and all that can, can limit a lot of that stuff. Oh, yeah. And so, so that's what I think you know, working with a talented group like this is, is, you know, we, we both invest, we're agents, we, we know how this works, we know where stuff's at. So if you want to learn how to try and avoid some of those problems, it doesn't mean like Jenny, like you might not run into them. And, you know, I had a, I had an abandonment um, last year in one of mine and, you know, I had the carpets were about at that age. So I, I just put in brand new carpet for the next person. And so you just keep going, but you know, that, that place appreciated, uh, over a year and a half that that it, until that happened it was like it was like 80,000 bucks and i go you know what when you put down 100 and you get 80 back and and it's still it's still in the process and you got a 3% interest rate on it it's still pretty darn good so it's mm-hmm. we moan about it but it's you know but it's trying to like there's there's probability and possibility anything's possible yes but the probability can go down if you do it right and and that's what we're all about is trying to figure out how to help people do it right. So I just went through a year with a 20, he was 23 when we bought the house with my son in the house hack, how we did it, what his income was, what his DTI was, all of those things we learned through that process. And now he's moving out. We've got a partnership. I've moved the property into an LLC and it's going to cost me a little bit more to do a partnership return. But he's going to learn now. So I'm teaching that next generation. So if people are out there that are thinking about investing and they go, I don't know where to get the money, you may have a parent that's 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 wise to it or needs to get educated. And and that's what, you know, we can do. But there's more ways. Sometimes we get stuck in this place where you go, I apply all the rules to to my one situation. But there are little places that you can get better deals and there's better places and, and try and limit your probability and likelihood of problems. Well said. I was just going to piggyback on that too. You know, as far as Envision Advisors and us all being investors, you run into a lot of things as an investor that you cannot plan for. And you would never know to even think about (laughs) until they happen. So for those investors that are actually just, or potential investors that are looking to get started, 
we're a great team for that. Oh, absolutely. Because we're experiencing that. And also, I mean, something I, I, I think I'm very proud of is we're also very like transparent and we try to give you like, hey, the good, the bad, and the ugly, because, you know, that's, I feel like that's our duty and we want to give you the real picture and not just help you buy one property, but help you buy a bunch of properties to, you know, hit your goals and also earn your trust and earn your business. And that is something I'm like, I'm very proud about the team we have and the, the culture we have is like, hey, mm -hmm. we're going to do the best we can for the client. Are we perfect? Absolutely not. Um, but, you know, the right intent is there and it's like, hey, we're doing this as well. Learn from our lessons, learn from the hundreds of clients we work with. And plus from the podcast and the media stuff, we we get such a fascinating, like, you know, 50,000 foot view on so much stuff going around town. And it's just stuff we want to share with people. Yeah. So, Newt, thanks for bringing Steve down with you in the carpool lane. Absolutely. Good call. Steve, awesome to be back in the studio, Thank man. You. I'm glad to have you as part of this. Preston, joining as always, it is a blast doing the uh, monthly market updates with you guys. And if you guys have any questions, reach out to us. A bunch of the data is in the show notes as well. Uh, but we love talking about this stuff. If you have any specific topics or trends, reach out to us. Bye, everyone. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris. See you.